0: This episode is sponsored by the Syracuse University School of Education. A pioneer in inclusive education, Syracuse offers scholarships for graduate programs in teacher preparation, counseling, higher education, educational leadership, instructional design, and more. Syracuse's equity-driven community leads in inclusive and anti-racist research and practice, as well as experimental learning and the integration of digital technologies. Advance the future of learning and your career. Visit soe.syr.edu slash pulse to learn more. That's soesyr.edu slash pulse.
1: You're now locked in to HBCU Pulse. We're the number one outlet for HBCU life. Talking about everything that's important to our culture. From on-campus issues to politics and what's trending on the yard. We always keep that same energy. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to HBCU Pulse Radio
0: what's going on everybody this is Randall Barnes the founder of HBCU Pulse and the host of HBCU Pulse Radio in the building for another special edition of the show on today Where we are talking about week three of HBCU football I am not the most excited to talk about this week because somebody me chose UCLA versus North Carolina Central as game of the week so it wasn't pretty it wasn't. I'm out of forty-two thousand fifty scenario because I had to get sling to watch the game just to see like North Carolina Central losing from the start of the game. So I, I, I'm not. I'm not well. Are you? Are you today?
1: Honestly, I was. I when I was going over what we were going to talk about today, I was like, I was so wrong in so many things, and the fact that has so much hope for a lot of people, including A and just. I'm. I'm sick of it. I I give up. I don't I don't know what else to do.
0: <laughs> Listen, I I totally get it. But to be honest, I want to just say this. We'll get into this later. You were not wrong about a lot because we did our predictions. You can see them on our YouTube channel. And this week, I was twenty two and seven. You were twenty three and six. So you did better than me as far as the picks. Okay, so it, it it was a couple of things that we, that we picked that the teams would do what they need to do. But you didn't do bad. You 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 did you did better than me. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just just saying so you so you know let's let's start with that you you did good this week so but let's talk about your game of the week by the way because this you picture your, your game of the week that's the game that did not go how we expected the battle of the real hu the truth and service classic Howard University versus Hampton University. Ariel, we we had a news story that I wrote about on Clutch Points on Friday that Hampton had some eligible players. There were double-digit and eligible student athletes that could not play in the game against Howard. So everybody sort of wrote off Hampton. They were like, hey, you know, it's, it's the players not able to play. Howard's looking real good. They were competitive against Eastern Michigan. They beat down Morehouse. So Howard's gonna go in and win this game and beat the streak of losses to their rival Hampton. But it did not happen. Howard dominated that game, then they fell apart at the end and lost 35 to 34. So, Ariel, what did you think about the game?
1: You talking about falling apart. That was more than just falling apart. It was a cleat, it was a complete loss of senses and an ability to play the game. I was completely disappointed in Howard because as we saw in the first quarter, Howard was the only one to score. So I'm thinking, okay, we're ha- we're finna reminisce on last year. Howard's just finna take it up. And then all of a sudden, Hampton starts coming back and start throwing dots. And then we have a last-minute fumble recovery, and Hampton decides to run out the clock. And I'm just sitting here like this is not how this game is supposed to end it. And the atmosphere was beautiful. We saw Ka- Ka- Kamala Harris. I don't want to mispronounce her name, whatever, because she is Miss Vice President, who also did visit a She was around the world this weekend. But it was exciting to see that atmosphere and a very true robbery despite the Aggie Eagle Classic that we had upon last week. This is what I was expecting, a battle down to the bone, but Hampton decided to come back, and it was in an incredible way that they defeated Howard. I think think Hampton is finally starting to Get the momentum that we've been wanting to see. But if I had to mention one name and one name that actually carried Hampton throughout the whole game, it had to be Elijah Burris, went for six carries, 111 yards, one touchdown. But most of those first down yardages came from Burris. He was there. Basically, he was the kryptonite against Howard, who could who was unstoppable. And of course, you have that one interception by Williams. And he has grown as well, too. He was a little bit more inconsistent last year but, um, between most of his games. And it was a worry to come in and see how he was going to execute, unfortunately, um, the fumble. The interception actually the interception was his demise but at the end of the day i think he was a better quarterback a more stable quarterback that we've seen throughout the years but birds just too much to handle for that and honestly the stats were really really close the pirates totaled 369 yards where the bison's had 391 it was only one turnover between most of them and howard actually had more of the first downs but i think it was just the little things not Being able to get off the field quickly, not completing those third down conversions, and also that interception, which caused a lot of those problems. And Howard actually put up a lot of good drives, a 75-yard drive, and then here comes Hampton with a 93-yard drive to absolutely close out the game. But it was just so many factors that went really, really well, and it's just one thing that Howard just let slip that Hampton was able to pick up. Overall, I I had I know I had a great game of the week. I'm so sorry, Randall, that you know Central disappointed you. I had a really good game of the week, and I would have loved to see Howard win. It would have set the tone for the rest of the season. But Hampton absolutely deserves this, and shout out to them. And I can't wait. Um, now that I just, I, I'm a complete fan now of Burris. I can't wait to see what he does in these next games, how Hampton is going to come back and what they're going to look like the next coming weeks, because this was an absolute nail bottle all the way down to the 44 seconds that I hate when teams do, when they run out the clock instead of continuing to play for the rest of the game. But it was in Hampton's favor and a win is a win. That's all I gotta say. A win is a win.
0: A win is definitely a win. I think that Howard is going to be good for the rest of the year because you know what I saw, you know, when I was watching that game in the beginning was that they had a level of dominance. They were playing with. They have a level of hunger. They were playing with Like They dominated really all facets of the game, but they just allowed Hampton to come back because like we said before, the box score can be deceiving because that box score, you would think it's a UCLA North Carolina Central score and Howard just beat them down 59 to but you look but you look at that game hampton was able to claw back in the second half they were able to move the ball pretty well so i think that Howard's going to be just fine i think that uh when they play the games in the Miac, and then i think it's northwestern they might still be competitive but you know i don't want to put the cart before the horse because I, i'm on a streak of bad, of, of bad picks when it comes to my FPS vs hbcu picks so i'm not gonna put the cart before the horse but Ario, that was an amazing breakdown so listen, I'm going to need your help with my game of the week because I don't got too much to say. I got to tag you in for this one. I don't got too much to say. So listen, so Pac-12 Network, all right? They broadcasted they broadcasted the game between North Carolina Central and UCLA. It wasn't on ESPN Plus. It wasn't on Flow Sports. It wasn't on NBC. It was on the Pac-12 Network. Now, if you all know, the Pac-12 is going through a situation where a lot of their schools are leaving because of media rights. So this is an example of that because I could not find the Pac-12 network on YouTube TV. So I had to go to Sling to get the Pac-12 network. So I am now a Sling member and a YouTube TV member until next month. And I might keep it because I, I like the Pac-12 is looking real good. So I had to go get Sling and get the sports add on. I paid $42.50. It's all good, because I got paid. Okay, I got paid on Friday, so I was able to afford the $42.50 to watch the game. So I tweeted, and I'm like, man, listen, North Carolina Central, make it a good game. Justify this $42. Davius Richard, do great in this game and get drafted, and the $42 will be water under the bridge. I won't be thinking about it when I'm watching Davius Richard play on Sundays. But I I I turn to the game. I'm ready. They breaking things down. They talking about North Carolina Central, how Davius Richard, is going to be a, a great quarterback and to watch out for him. The game starts, kickoff happens, and you have UCLA that has a good kickoff return. I'm like, come on, Central. Y'all got, y'all got to tighten it up. Y'all got to tighten it up if y'all want to pull out up this upset. So then, they, like, UCLA snaps the ball and they throw a one-play, 67-yard touchdown. Dante Moore, the freshman quarterback, one play, one throw, 67 yards, four touchdown to receiver Cam Brown. Literally, Ario, the game—it wasn't even five, it wasn't even five ten yet. The game started at about five oh so seven. Like, I'm like, what? It, it should have just been a kickoff return. That would have been quicker. <laughs> you know, the, the game would end a little, a little bit earlier. It was just a kickoff return. Just let him go to the end zone because essentially it was the kickoff return, then the touchdown by Dante Moore. So I'm like, listen, is yes, Richard, you're the best quarterback in HBCU football. You are that guy. You're one of the best quarterbacks, in FCS football. One of the best quarterbacks in football. Period. So I'm like, come on, man, get it back. Because the defense, listen, FBS defense is, is something else when it comes to, FBS F- F- offense is something else when it comes to the run and the pass and all these different things. So I'm like, okay, get it back. That defense, I talked about it last week, the pass defense, they can't defend that pass well. Well, on the next drive, they did. the <laughs> next drive, they did. Because Davis Richard gets the ball, first drive, three plays in, throws the interception, and it's recovered by La- Lanu Latu. All right. He returns it. To, he returns it 25 yards, right? He returns it 25 yards and then they score it a one yard run into the, into the North Carolina Central's, like end zone one yard. And I'm like, it's 14 zero. It's not even 10 minutes in the game. Like it's not even been two minutes that in that's, that's, that's come off the game clock. And I'm like, yeah, this, this, this game. So, like this game is so late let's maybe watch the end of howard hampton like let's watch fame versus university of west florida i wasted my time and i definitely wasted my money but the trick is on is on pack 12 and sling because i'm watching pack 12 Oh, i'm watching Pack twelve. i might keep it the whole entire year but because i'm watching the pack 12 and watch the football Caleb williams shador sanders michael phoenix jr i'm gonna watch it but i didn't pay my money for them Pay our money for Davis Richard in North Carolina Central to upset an FBS opponent, and they weren't even close. It was 14-0 with 13 minutes and 46 seconds left in the first quarter. And it just led me to this, R.O. This is why I can't really break this down any further, because I turned the game off. Davis Richard uh, got injured, so they, they took him out after the first quarter. Davis Richard uh, didn't have that great of a stat line. He was playing against an FBS opponent, and he clearly wasn't right. They took him out. We, we saw pictures of him in a walking boot. So, you know, we hopefully hope he's good. We hope he can play against Mississippi Valley. If he can't, I'm pretty sure he'll play in the, in the next games. But just in general, I look at these FBS opponents y'all. We talked about this, you know, last year. Should HBCUs play FBS opponents? Because my whole entire thing is I think that HBCUs can be competitive. And I want HBCUs to be competitive against FBS opponents to show the world that our teams and our athletes are just as good, sometimes if not better than the athletes on other levels. But I think when we play these FES opponents, number one, we don't have the resources they have to scout, to prepare, to game plan. We don't have the strength and conditioning coaches it seems as if, because you look at the UCLA players, especially that offensive defense line, they were just bigger than North Carolina Central. And the thing that is important to note about that is that north carolina central has some of the bigger offensive and defensive lines in hbcu football like they only gave like three sacks for like today like to defense for davis richard last year so it's a really good offensive line you talked about it before but compared to ucla they, they they were they were small in comparison then you look at these games hbcus are 0 and 15 in matchups against F- against fps teams this year and delaware state Is this playing Miami, Ohio this week. Howard's playing Northwestern October the 7th. I think Howard very well could win. Delaware State is probably going to lose. I hate to say it. But the thing is, only three teams were competitive. FAMU against South Florida, they played South Florida better than Alabama did. And then even Alabama's coaches were like, you know what, Coach Willis Simmons? You did a real good job. We watched that tape, man. Y'all did a real good job. Even Alabama acknowledged it. Then you have Howard that did good against USF. We talked about it. Then Morgan State, We talked about it as well, and we're going to talk about it some more, about how they had that win against Akron, which is not a good FBS team, but they literally fumbled the ball. Then you look at our our players' health. You have grambling Grambling linebacker Jaquavius Richmond that suffered a neck injury against LSU. They had him out for a few minutes. Everybody was, was hoping he was okay. The game stopped, and he had to go get surgery after the game against LSU Gramlin goes on on to lose 62 to 10. So I, I'm just I'm just saying, like, you know, I don't know if it's good for our, our players' health. If we're not going to be competitive while we're scheduling these games, and I get it's the money aspect, but can we find another way to get money? Aria, I just don't know. Like, like, what do you think?
1: I mean, it doesn't look good when you have all these HBCUs, especially Central, being shut out until the fourth quarter. They didn't score until the fourth quarter, finishing off seven to fifty-nine. And I hope. Davious Richard is okay. I'm not watching no more football if he's not. I don't I don't know what to do if he's not playing. I need a good quarterback to watch. You know, no, nothing against Williams, nothing against Musa, nothing against any of these HBCU quarterbacks. But there is something different and something special about watching Davis Richard play, and it will hurt my heart as his senior season not to see him finish out the way that we know he should, which should be another Celebration Bowl championship. However, it's, you know, it's bittersweet. And, and and there's a silver lining in playing all these FCS and FBS schools because the exposure, not mostly for the money, but for all these HBCU players to get the opportunity to be seen by any NFL scouts, any NFL coaches that come to these places, some of them alumni of some of these schools, they're like, wow, I never would have came riley north carolina i would have never came to dc i would have never came to south florida to see any of these people play so it's one of those things where opportunity is alive in these places and sometimes it does go good like with usf and then you see richmond versus morgan state some of these some of these aspects in those games are like okay we may not have won or we did win it's like these players wouldn't have got that attention that they usually get. But however you look at that Grambling and LSU game, we were talking about a battle of the Bayou. We have players getting hurt, players getting surgery. Key players that ultimately decide whether they win or lose. And I'm very proud to say that Grambling won this weekend, fortunately. But you have to look at central season for the rest of the game. There is only one quarterback for them. We have not seen their backup quarterback suit up and play, whether it is a blowout or whether it is a close game, he does not suit up and play. So if Davies Richard is out for a number of games and hopefully not for the rest of the season, this can determine central's whole path of whether they're champions or where they even make play, whether they even make contention to even go past this point. And so, Yes, we want these HBCU players to have this kind of exposure, to have these opportunities, and to show the world what we are really big on, which is HBCU teams can compete against these really competitive schools. But then you look at it, and it's like, if we're getting hurt, if we're just a laughing stock for them to beat us 50 points over then what really is the point and honestly i'm going to have to play devil's advocate i want these games to keep playing i want to keep scheduling these games against alabama or against d other d2 fcs fbs schools because i still think this is good exposure whether the outcome is good or bad nobody wants to see a hbcu get b more than 30 points nobody wants to see that but however there is room for improvement okay we know what we need to do next time we know that we're going to take this loss and turn it around next week regardless if that's a win or a lose i think this is a learning point for all hbcus that hey we probably need better funding, or maybe we need to take the time and try to negotiate with different schools. Can we practice on your field two days, three days before the game? Can we work something out? Can we see film? Can we tour your facility? Can we do something with you guys or within ourselves to make us better? Because we're not gonna get out of this. And to me, I don't want it to make it seem like we're timid to play anybody and we just need to stay where we're comfortable progress isn't where you're comfortable at, progress is where you've never been before and how you face adversity. And we can't run away because these players are getting hurt. To me, this is a call for attention and a call for need for HBCUs that we need to update our facility, that we need to get better coaches, that we need to do better in recruiting. Not saying that the people that we have aren't great, but there just has to be a level of initiative and a level of aspiration to be like, okay, we got to be 59 to 7. Well, where can we go from here? Because once you face your worst, it's only up from here. That's what my director at my news station tells us whenever we have Wi-Fi problems or whenever there is a shooting going on, it only gets better from here. This is just the night for them so hopefully they recover from this but i don't want us to be scared as the hbcu community to play any of these outsider schools because we're not going to get anything just playing ourselves it's not going to work that way and unfortunately we have to face uclas again and i'm hoping that when we do one of these days we'll face an outcome where we're winning and not looking at this like wow we're just playing them to get hurt
0: I, i feel exactly where you're coming from i think that and i'll say this and then we'll move on is that what I've noticed of college football and me delving more into it, because I've had the opportunity to, you know, look at and write articles and even break down some FBS games. So it's not, I've not just covered HBCU games, I've majority, I covered them majorly. I, I, I majorly cover HBCUs on Clutch Points, but I wrote, I wrote a, an article about Ohio State, Marvin Harrison Jr. I wrote about Alabama not doing that well against USF. So the thing for me is that I think that there's a certain level of elitism in college football where there's an expectation of dominance. And that expectation of dominance trickles down to looking past teams that are at a lower level. You have your Georgias, your Alabamas, your Michigans, your your bigger schools, then everybody below them, oh, y'all are bad, we don't care about y'all. Oh, y'all are good, y'all beat them, oh, you're bad. It's almost just like HBCUs, but it's more disrespectful when it comes to HBCUs because the Division II teams, even our best D2 teams, they don't even consider to be good. But at the very least, you're like, okay, well, Colorado with Deion Sanders is is pretty good. Okay, this team is is pretty good, but it's still in elitism. And I think that HBCUs are a part of that run where we try to play up to show, hey, we're just as good. Draft Davis Richard. He's a really great quarterback because, yeah, he played against Jackson State. He did well. Yeah, he played against New Hampshire, which is FCS playoff team and did well. But since y'all don't think that that's real competition let him go to ucla and have the same game it might be a loss it might be a blowout but let him have the same game let him rush for over 100 yards let him throw 450 yards let him get two touchdowns let him make some folks miss and make plays so you can see he's good enough and we're dealing with a level of elitism of trying to make ourselves appear as if hey we could be just as good as them and i just vacillate with it and we talked about it last year i vacillate with it because I sort of feel as if the, the the currency and the value is in our culture. I think that we should be going out trying to prove that we're better than than this and that because we're under resourced. Can we go out and beat them? Yes. All those athletes talented? Yes. Did I pick North Carolina State to beat UCLA? Yes. I didn't expect a blowout. I expected because of the of the resources, because of, of the depth, because of the talent of UCLA. I thought it would be a field goal. And I, I didn't think, oh, they're gonna win by 50. I thought it would be a field goal because i thought it would be at the very least a competitive game because that as of right now is our best team they might make it back to the celebration bowl but i just think that when when you when you look at it i think that we're playing up to an expectation that we didn't set and i think that we have to play into our own expectation and our own feelings of what we think is great and we'll be fine but that's a whole nother conversation for another day we got to go on and move on so let's talk about the games of the week Ariel. so i want to say once again for everybody listening, that you were great this week. You were 23 and 6. Week three, I was 22 and 7. So we were right on I mean, money we had a, a lot of things we were right about. And we're gonna get more into that when we do our picks. But this week, our headlines. So Carnell Manor. So Carnell Manor is a very interesting person. He is a great coach. He had very competitive teams at Winston-Salem State University, made it all the way to the to, Made it all the way to the Division II National Championship. And he now coaches the Alabama AM. His team won the SWAC championship in the spring 2021 season behind a kill glass and an amazing offense. So, Connell Maynard is trying to get himself back together since a kill glass left. And one thing about Cornell Maynard is he is entertaining, he is compelling, he will always give you a good sound bite. So, Carnell Maynard Ariel was very excited to get into SWAC play and play Southern University. So he talked to my guy, Mo Carter with Fox 54. He's a reporter and Mo Carter interviewed him. And here's what Conor Manor had to say about the Southern University matchup.
1: Man, I'm very excited, man. We
0: bulldogs and we're ready to (laughs) bite. You see, I'm excited, man. I'm ready to go. It's it's game week, it's conference week. And uh, uh, you know, and this is going to rub off on my team. Uh, Those guys are excited. We had a good practice this morning. So he started barking. He started barking and i don't think it rubbed off on the team that well because i'm not gonna hold you this game against southern university really from both sides i did not see a lot of great football but i look at alabama and them a little bit differently because carnell mayner did all that barking just to lose to southern 20 to 10 and what was an ugly game both teams pushed the ball up the field. They had a lot of passing yards, but they couldn't put the ball in the end zone. They couldn't find a touchdown. They better could find a field goal. You had Quincy Casey, nineteen thirty-nine passing. He threw for two hundred twenty-eight yards. That's great in itself. On paper, that's great, but no touchdowns, one interception, and they threw it thirty-nine times. Alabama and them had thirty-eight rushing attempts. You had Harold Blood. He was fourteen and twenty-four passing. Threw for two hundred two yards on only ah. I got, I got that mixed up. I'm doing, I'm doing it again. Harold Blood, 14-24 to 24 passes through threw a 20 and two yards. Here's the thing. Southern rushed for 35 attempts. Yeah, they had 35 attempts, but they threw 24 times, and they couldn't get the ball down the field. It was just simply an ugly game. Yeah, Alabama and them. they finished the game with negative 17 rushing yards. They lost 106 of the 89 yards that they gained. That ain't good. Casey was sacked three times, and he lost 49 yards. Those three sacks did help very ugly game southern wasn't any better though they date like eric dude didn't come out there and start barking okay he didn't start barking but at the same time it it, it was the dog dead summer for southern as as well because they only rushed for 62 yards total after losing 35 of the 97 yards that they gained so all i'm saying Ario, is that if any of these teams you have southern in the swack west they played against jackson state they lost last year yet alabama and them in the swack east They've not even been close to the SWAC championship, honestly, since 2021, both the spring and the fall season. Because in 2021, they had a good season in the fall. They won the SWAC championship in spring 2021. But if Cardinal Manor and Eric Dooley want their teams to get anywhere close to winning, they have to have a better offense. Southern is seventh in total offense in the conference. Alabama a is ninth. You have to find a way to not only move the ball down the field, but you also have to find a way to score, to put your field goal kicker in position to score because you're not going to beat FAMU like this. You're not going to beat Jackson State like this. You're not going to beat Grambling like this. So I think that just in in general, they have to figure out a way to really truly move the ball and be successful in that regard. And all I got to say is all that barking got to stop. I, I got to play it again, you? All that barking. Arr, arr, arr. You see, I'm excited, man. I'm ready to go. He ready to go home. He's, he's ready to go home and play the next game because it, it it wasn't good for Mario. That's all I'm saying.
1: Real quickly, I I mean Southern can't bark. That's not their mascot. <laughs> you know, A&T's not barking either. We 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 shutting up. We 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 not doing nothing. We're gonna take our L's silently. But um th- just just really, really quickly. This this is basically the game. For anybody that didn't watch the game, touchdown first quarter, field goal in the second quarter, field field goal, field goal. Then in the third quarter, field goal touchdown. And then after that was another touchdown. That's it. There was nothing else. Mostly field goals that drove this team. But what really, really grinded my gears, trying to stay radio safe and within the sounds of the guidelines of watching my language, the four turnovers by Alabama A&M. There is no excuse. There is no excuse. For four turnovers and for the outcome to be ten to twenty. There is no excuse for Southern not to capitalize on on half of those turnovers and the score be ten to twenty. Now I'm not really mad at Southern. Southern is what Southern does. Southern has not really been the epitome of a great team to me. They're okay. They get by, and sometimes getting by is all you need to do. But Alabama A and M has not been right since what? It's been three years going growing on four since Aquil Glass has left. Yeah, and- it's
0: like I, it's been since spring 2021. They won the championship spring 2021. Then he came back for his final season in fall 2021. They ended up going seven and three, although they lost that big game at Jackson State when Connor Maynor he dissed Deion Sanders and the Scooter lost 61 to 15. But that- That was the story of the year, but Alabama A&M still had had, had a good year. So after that, they've been down here.
1: Exactly. And the thing is, Alabama A&M has never... Been a great recruiting class. I have not seen a great recruiting class since 2012, minus the re- minus the recruitment of a kill glass. And a kill glass didn't really have weapons beside him, he made the weapons himself. Kill glass was a triple threat. If you wanted to be this man could run, this man could pass, and if he wanted to, I think he could have played a wide out. He has the speed for it. But he did not have weapons. He made the weapons himself. And so the thing about Alabama A&M is they don't have any kind of leadership. And I feel like there is a sense of what what I've been saying this whole season for them, a loss of identity. You don't have a quarterback. You have a coach that doesn't really know what to do because the team doesn't know what to do. And when you have no kind of leadership nor any kind of grit to defeat any team, you'll just be run over over simple stuff. And I think Alabama A&M is having an identity crisis and needs to figure it out quick because I could see another year of this just going on and maybe another year after this just going on. And there is something within that team that has to be figured out because four turnovers is unacceptable these field goals are unacceptable and not having a quarterback is unacceptable and it's something that has to change
0: i totally agree now before we get into the out of conference games for our headlines that that were bad right you have some some positivity but some criticism of morgan state in the game they played this weekend so you know talk to us about that
1: morgan state Is another team that just just decides to irk my nerves. Let's go back to their first game when we were just super excited about that, that 17-10 win over Richmond. That was an exciting game, but almost a fumble game because there was a last-minute fumble at the end of this before they recovered. And then we go back to the week before we look at Akron. Could have won. Interception. So we're just interception and fumbles. So now you go on and you look at who they played this week, and you're like, okay, Morgan State could potentially win. Town Townsend has been making a little bit of noise, but th- there's nothing too much. There's nothing that we should worry about. They lose in the same fashion that Southern Alabama, 20-10. Three interceptions by Taylor, 9-24, 96 yards. Barely any running room and barely any receptions received. And I think those three interceptions, including two turnovers, is the reason why Morgan State can never win. They are their own demise, especially when it comes into the fourth quarter. I don't know what kind of gears ran into their head when they are leading because they were leading at some point. And they come back, and it's like, oh, you know what? Let me throw to the other team. You know what? Let me not catch what the center is throwing to me. I'm not prepared for any of the downs that we're about to play, and we're about to be three and out for the next seven minutes. That's – a complete rundown of what happened against Townsend and I'm just confused because Morgan State started out so strong but whenever they get into the last minutes of the game it's a fumble it's an interception it's a turnover and those types of inconsistencies to prove that HBCUs do belong against these FCS schools that is the reason why we can't play Because at the end of the day, you have to play all four quarters. You can't just play all three. And Morgan State has a problem with trying to close. And they are going to continue to have a problem of closing if they can't fix these little mistakes. Because Morgan State has the potential to actually now in the Miac to be ahead in the division. They could have done it these past two games. And they could still do it depending on how Central will go about their injury and their recovery for next week. But Morgan State has the potential over everybody, over Howard, over any other of these MEAC teams to actually be number one. But it's these little things that are going to irk me. It's those little things in the fourth quarter between these turnovers and interceptions and allowing these fumbles and these missed field goals to happen in crucial games that needs to be cleaned up quickly. Because if not, this is going to start a pattern and is going to portray the type of culture and atmosphere that Morgan State is going to play for the rest of the season and maybe even more. But they just have me so upset. As you can see, they have me built up because what is the purpose of playing a perfect game Game and fumbling everything when you get to the end of the
0: game. exactly, and of course, Towson won twenty to ten. Uh, you know, it wasn't the best showing for Morgan State, but they still were competitive. I think that the defense is something that's going to be redeemable as we move into conference play. Of course, Morgan does play on this week. Morgan State plays University of Albany, that is not doing all that great. Another FCS opponent. So we'll see what they do in that game because, you know, of course, we know Coach Damon Wilson can win some out-of-conference games. He's done it before. Almost did it on last week. Of course, this past weekend, it didn't go that well, but the game was not that out of hand. Now, we talked about out-of-conference games that didn't go as well as we would have wanted them to. We have Morgan State versus Towson, 20-10. To you have UCLA versus North Carolina Central, which I picked as my game of the week, y'all. It's crazy. 59-7. to 7 but let's talk about some out of conference games that actually went well and were really good. So Alcorn State beat McNeese State 17 to three in what was a really heavy defensive game. And the thing about it is, is that before this game, we really asked ourselves, Alcorn beat McNeese State last year, 30 to 19. So can they beat them again? An out of conference opponent that was actually pretty competitive last year, can they beat them again this year? Was it a fluke by Alcorn? I think mean, it's going to beat them last year and then lose this year. It wasn't a fluke because I think that Alcorn is a good team. I know they play FPS opponents and it didn't do all that great, but when they get into the conference and they play in the SWAC West, that sees Southern, that's weakened. Texas Southern is weakened, grambling, have a great offense, not really that much of a great defense. got to get better in that front. I think Alcorn can really be competitive. But this game, just like the Southern versus Alabama AM and m game, was not an offensive firefight. It wasn't that ugly of a game, but it wasn't that much of an offensive firefight. Alcorn helped McNeese to 90 rushing yards and they lost 23 of the 113 yards that they gained. So Alcorn was big on defense and they also defended the pass well with McNeese only passing for 109 yards and they snatched two interceptions. So that secondary was going crazy. Nate Glantz, he didn't do all that great. I think that might be a cause for concern but on the flip side awkward did not pass the ball all that great Ariel, they rushed for 229 yards behind star running back jarvion howard who needs to get into the nfl and he'll need to play ucla to do it okay like he needs to get into the nfl this is the guy jarvion howard i think a lot of scouts are looking at him like he finished the game with 98 yards on 16 attempts and one touchdown but it wasn't just a committee of one for Alcorn, you had Nico Duffy that 71 yards on 13 carries, and Javante Leatherwood 57 yards on 12 carries. So the running back room in general had a productive day. And the question for me heading into the rest of the season for Alcorn is: Is Alcorn going to perform well against the swag opponents? Because they did pretty well when they beat these last year, but then they they lose some pivotal games and then they're out of the picture. So. Allcorn. we saw the first two games didn't go all that well. They played an FCS opponent. That was a money game. Now you play a competitive out-of-conference FCS team, and you win. So now when you play UAPB, when you play Southern, when you play Grambling, when you play these, these teams that are now competitive, when, when you play teams from the SWAC East that are competitive, what are you going to do and how are you going to show improve? Then at the end of the year, talking about rivalries, when you play Jackson State, that, that's trying to get their face back, and maybe, possibly, we don't know, maybe make the FCS playoffs like how FAMU did. How's that going to go? So I'm just saying, like, Alcorn is looking really good after this game. And I think that, hey, they they, they might replace Southern in my picks to go to the flag championship to lose the FAMU, okay? Because FAMU's making it to, to the Celebration Bowl period. That's that's what's going to happen, okay? So real quick, REO, Tennessee State versus Gardner-Webb, the John Merrick Classic. So Tennessee State, they were rocking this weekend. They had an appearance by Ricky Smiley and the Ricky Smiley Morning Show early in the morning. Ariel. like they had them down. there. They, they had Joe Torre come and do some comedy for them on the radio. Ricky Smiley was out there. The band was there. The Aristocrat, like they were, they were out there rocking on the radio all over so they had a lot of great stuff going on a lot of great events so the john Merritt classic this year was really really rocking but tennessee state they had a very competitive game against gardner webb they were trading points back and forth back and forth the whole entire game and tennessee state was able to win on a 50-yard game-winning field goal from james lowry to ice the game it was like that. You had an amazing weekend. I don't know if Ricky Smiley was there. Ricky Smiley should talk about that. You know, like, like he should talk about that all weekend. He can talk about that all week. Talk about it next week. Because, listen, you saw you a great game. You were there showcasing Tennessee State. Tennessee State is one of, one of our best HBCUs. They're doing a lot of amazing things. Coach Glover, President Glover is, is leaving. So, you know, this is her, her last year. So, I need Tennessee State to be good in football once again and really marching that trajectory. And really marching that tradition of John Merritt. Because John Merritt, one of the best coaches in HBC football history, and really one of the better coaches in history. Because not forget he coached Ed Tutal Jones. That was the only HBC player to be selected number one overall in the NFL draft, and most likely the last one. Let's be real. So, like, come on, like John Merritt is that guy. So I need for Tennessee State to move in that excellence and be great. And now you have Eddie George that's two and one. So I think that now Eddie George has really regained some faith from that Tennessee state fan base. And I think they're going to be really good as they move into the rest of the season, Oreo.
1: I mean, he really didn't have a choice because he doesn't, he doesn't have a choice, but try to win the rest of these games because unfortunately if he goes on another losing streak, I think this will be the end of his coaching dreams. I mean, let's just keep it a book out here, but it's, I'm, one thing I am I am glad to see other teams that we don't necessarily um, get to shine. I mean, of course, on here we try to cover everybody, we try to talk about everybody, even our D two schools. But it's so nice to have to say Alcorn and Tennessee State had a win over the weekend. To say that Grambling have a win over weekend and not something that critiques their kind of game especially Tennessee State just to see him win against Garner Webb I wish this was a little game that was far and in between I wish they would have won by more points and I believe that was possible but he he's on his streak right now he's doing good I pray he maintains that it does not shock me that he had Ricky Smiley because we all know that Eddie George is a promotional man of that there's one thing that man is going to do He is going to promote the mess out of Tennessee State and get them the best ever. But we need that promotion best to be on the field best. So these next couple games, I need them to resemble that. But it's it's just refreshing to see them win, to see these close games, to see these really good games after a really bummed out weekend by our beloved other teams. But this is exciting to see, and I hope they continue this into wherever we go because I need competition. and Right now, I don't see any, and that's what scares me.
0: Hey, listen, I, I I I totally agree. I totally agree with with your assertion. And see, the thing about it is Tennessee State and Alcorn, there were some dogs, Ariel. There was some there was there was some dogs Ariel. Uh, there was some dogs. Uh, you see, I'm excited, man. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go, Ariel. I'm excited.
1: I'm excited, Ariel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there was some dogs, I, man. There was
1: some dogs. I should have known. I should have <laughs> known. As soon as you said dogs, I was like, Yeah, they got some dog in them. And I, the bark. Let me that's gonna be our theme. For the, rest, for the rest of the season we got some dogs
0: man. <laughs> it, it might be they got some dogs they they ready to go and 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 them dogs actually won tell you like like awkward the state they they won against you know some 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 competitive teams to be honest but let's go into our quick picks in our game of the week so you know i'll start really quickly so famu versus alabama state so alabama state they've struggled out the gate with their offense they beat southern in, in a very low-scoring game. But, of course, they lost to Miles College, and a lot of folks were freaking out over that. Miles College played UAPB competitively. So I think that people have to, to calm down because I think that we have a team like Alabama State that is not head and shoulders, you know, the the, the standard bearer in the SWAC right now. Yeah, a competitive Miles College team that's in the SIC, that's in Division Two, that recruits the same athletes that Alabama State does, yeah, they can win a close game. So I think that that was blown out of proportion. I still do believe that Alabama State does have a really great defense, and the numbers show that. They were the number two defense last year in the SWAC behind Jackson State. So I think that Alabama State will have the opportunity to rebound, but I I pick FAMU to win. Like, FAMU just looks really good all around offensively, defensively. It was a tough game against West Florida, like I said. It was a tough game against West Florida because West Florida is the best team in our region. As a Florida State University alumni, we're in NCAA super region two so tuskegee morehouse savannah state albany state fort valley benedict who who was at the top of the region last year and was our number one in the region last year like we're in super region two so you look at west florida benedict didn't make it to that the quarterfinals and semifinals like hey these other schools didn't make it the union didn't make it with jada Byers. it was the university of west florida That made it that far, and they got taken out by the champs. So you look at, you know, that that game like FAMU did well. It was it was a very defensive game for FAMU as well. West Florida did not want to give the game away, but FAMU eventually pulled away and won in dominant fashion in the second half. I think FAMU is like that. Like I said, they play the University of South Florida way better than Nick Saban and Alabama did. Now there are reasons for that. Yes, are we gonna get into them? No, this is an HBCU show. Because we can talk about it, we can talk about that quarterback, Bryce Shane walking through that door. Okay, we, we we can talk about it. Bryce Shane might walk through that that door as a coordinator if, if Carolina don't go well, you know. But I'm just but I'm just saying, okay, My come as a quarterback coach. But listen, we talk about HBCUs here. So we look at that FAMU game. FAMU played USF way better than Alabama did, although FAMU lost and Alabama won. So this FAMU team, up and down offense, defense even those special teams, they have a lot of great guys. They're ready and primed to win the Celebration Bowl. They're ready and primed to now be the standard bearers in this new conference that they're in the sweat So I think that FAMU is going to win this game, but I do think it's going to be a defensive battle. I don't think FAMU blows them out, but I think that they're going to beat them by, by a touchdown and a field goal, maybe seven to 10 points. May And, and at the most, maybe two touchdowns because I just am not – confident in alabama state scoring like around davis with davis being the quarterback i'm not confident in their ability to score so i think it will be a very murky game thank you pulls it out in the in the second half once they saw that defense rio so that's my picks my game of the week hopefully it's better than last week
1: listen i you know the meack is so hard when it's time to choose games because there's so few of us but also you know some matchups are just like You just got to go with whatever it is. And this is kind of my pick for the game of the week. I just went wherever it is. We got Mississippi Valley State versus Central. This is my game of the week. Um, despite the hopefully injury update that we will have later in the week, I still think that central is going to be my pick and they are going to win this just a little history. Mississippi Valley state is only two has lost their last two games, a real nail batter on their first game against central state losing 24 to 21. And then just a blowout by Delta state, admittedly Delta state is good seven to 35. But as we look at it, central is not in trouble. They haven't played really any in-conference games, so they're still and O when it comes to that. This is just a record thing for them. But to me, this is an easy game to beat. You got Collier. You still got Khalil Baker. You got a lot of these. You got McCall. You have a lot of these players that are still viable and still valuable, actually, to the central team that I believe Coach could still win this game. It's just a quarterback um as we saw when we seen this backup quarterback come into the fourth quarter i mean a touch a touchdown was given but this is against the team that we all knew that ucla probably wasn't the best thing to come out to have a great outcome out of central but as we see this i i have faith i have hope hopefully davis richard is playing if not i do not believe this is going to be a close game it may be a tighter game um that will be won by Central. But I think that they still have an opportunity to still be at the top of the MEAC. They still have an opportunity to take this all the way into the Celebration Bowl. And this is, to me, will be a reliever and kind of a breather for them to calm their senses, to get back on track, to remember who they are, and then just try to finish out the season as strong as they can. But to me, this is one of the best matchups that I personally can find as the MIAC, being in the Miag, being an alumni of a school that used to be in the MIAC. So hopefully they carry me into victory so i can come in dominating fashion with these game choices and i can prove to you guys that i promise you i'm right i know what i'm talking about but central is my hope and that is my game of the week
0: i love it i love it so rl so do you agree do you agree with me on fam you uh beating alabama state you agree with me on that
1: I do. I, I I do love Alabama State. I've loved them ever since they played Jackson State last year when they had Deion Sanders, and I think they are the team, to be honest, next to FAMU that has the closest ability to be a team like Jackson State, proving that they are somewhat the team that Deion Sanders left them with. They are still a strong team. There are some fundamentals that are missing, but Alabama State does – I I do like them and I would pick them. And if we had an HBCU fantasy team, some of their players would be on my fantasy team. But I do think FAMU is going to come out with this win. I don't think it's going to be dominating, but I do agree with you somewhere in that seven to 10 range is where this game would fall. Cause Alabama state is going to put on the game regardless of who's out in that field. And honestly, I, I might be watching this game depending on how central, how bad central beats Mississippi Valley state.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. So of course, you know, I'm picking North Carolina central for sure. Uh, I hope that Davious Richard is well. Uh, we'll see if he does play. You know, they, they might they honestly might sit him because you know they want to have him competitive for a conference play. And I don't I don't blame them. I mean, you play him against UCLA because you want him to get those draft looks and you want him to get that that more level of exposure, as much exposure as Pac twelve Network can get you for $42.50, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying, you know what I mean? But we was on ABC, and I hit the celebration bowl. Two million people, okay? I don't know if two million was about the pack 12 anyway. Uh, so let's get into these quick picks. Ario, you were on fire on last week, 23 and six. Uh, listen, you were wrong on, because you picked North Carolina Central too, so I wasn't just on one delusional. We'll call it DeLulu now, that's the new thing. DeLulu, okay? I wasn't we, the only one- We were one,
1: DeLulu, we were definitely yeah, we, we, DeLulu.
0: I wasn't the only one, okay. Howard over Hampton, we weren't delusional on that. Howard just sort of dropped that game to Hampton. A&T of Elon, listen, you're an Ant alum. I love Ant. We just thought that we would, would get together in the first CIAA game. Now you did pick Alabama AM over. You pick Alabama A over Southern, and Cardinal Manor lets let you down with all the barking, but he didn't bite okay for me i was wrong on miles over uapb north county central over UCLA, ucla jacksdale with texas State. i was very wrong about that angie over elon howard over hampton bluefoot over john c smith morgan over towson <laughs> so and so i led you astray with bluefoot over john c smith we were pretty good on d2 so let's really run through these real quickly so We don't really got got the time to delay, all right? So, FCS versus FBS, Miami, Ohio versus Delaware State. Miami, Ohio is an FBS team. Can we agree that Miami, Ohio is going to beat Delaware State?
1: I'm with you. I don't even know who this team is, but I know they're going to beat Delaware State based on Delaware State's record. So, so sorry to Delaware State. I apologize completely, but that's just the game that you're going to lose.
0: Listen, Delaware State's amazing HBCU. They once again made the top 10 HBCUs based on US News and World Reports ranking up there with A&T, up there with Tuskegee, Morales spelled once again number one. So Delaware State is an amazing institution, growing enrollment, all these great things. New logo rebrand as well already. I talked, I talked about it on Clutch Points. New logo rebrand. They're looking really good over there at Delaware State, but I they don't look think absolutely they're absolutely gonna- great. Yeah, I don't think, but I just don't think they're gonna be competitive this year. I think the coach he needs another recruiting cycle to really get them back where they used to be. And of course, talking about where they used to be, they made the playoffs one year for crying out loud. So hopefully, they'll get back to that really soon. So the Citadel versus South Carolina State. Now remember, the Citadel's head coach is a former assistant coach for Buddy Pugh, and this is Buddy Pugh's last dance. So can we agree that Citadel's gonna win? Can we agree on that?
1: I, was, I thought she was about to say the latter. Yes, we can agree that the Senator was going to win.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. So we align on that one. Okay, so FCS HBCUs versus FCS teams that are not HBCUs. So Norfolk State versus Towson. Towson played Morgan State last week. Norfolk State did pull off that win against Hampton, but they lost on last week. So I pick Towson. Who you pick?
1: I'm picking Townsend as well. Norfolk State doesn't have the fundamental issues that Morgan State has. However, they're just not a strong enough team, just just to say the least. So I know Townsend is probably going to take away this one.
0: Definitely. So Morgan State versus University of Albany, I think this would be where we disagree. I'm picking University of Albany because these HBCUs have been letting me down in out-of-conference play. So I'm picking University of Albany, and I'll just take the L and Morgan State wins, and I'll be happy I was wrong.
1: I think I'm going to have to go with Morgan State on this one. Hopefully they redeem themselves. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I'm never choosing Morgan State again. <laughs>
0: <What>? <laughs> okay. All right. So SWAC versus me, at course, your game of the week. North Carolina Central versus Mississippi Valley State. We both chose North Carolina Central. So Swack, Alabama a versus University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. For this one, Ariel, shockingly, I'm choosing Alabama A&M. He's going to bark and they're going to bite all the different stuff on next week they gonna bite down on uapb what you think
1: i'm uapb i i think this is a win for them oh my gosh it's gonna be another week, <laughs> <laughs> okay. another
0: all, week. all right I'm, 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 I'm gonna write this down so you got morgan state and you have uapb okay so so that, that that's our delineation point right there so grambling versus texas southern Okay, I'm choosing Grambling. Grambling legit from stats. I test and stats. They have the best offense in the SWAC right now, and they're going to get in conference play. I think, because we saw them competitive against Hampton, which, of course, is out of conference, but they're still in HBCU. Texas Southern is struggling. So I think that Grambling picks up this win. What do you think?
1: I'm so sorry. I'm gonna to have to go with Texas Southern. I think Gremlin had a great game last week, and I and I commend them, and I'm glad that they're finding their grounding. But I don't think the ground will be found nor felt at Texas Southern. So um, I think Texas Southern is going to take away this one. You, the way, if the audience could see the way you're looking at me now, this is going to be. I I might be in failure mode, but I just I, I the trust is not here right now. It's not. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm I'm writing all this down, like like just in case we can keep track of it. So we agree on everything but Morgan State, UAB, and Texas Southern. Okay, so Jackson State versus Bethune Cookman. I think we can agree about Jackson State being Bethune Cookman. What do you think?
1: Yeah, we can definitely agree on that one.
0: Okay, so no room for delay for that. So just for reference for everyone, so we're gonna move to the D2 picks already on passive to you, but Howard, Southern, Tennessee State, Hampton, and North Carolina a&t have a bye-week. They'll be playing on September the 30th. So we, we don't have the opportunity to pick them. Okay. And hopefully all those teams get an opportunity to get themselves together because that 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 wasn't that wasn't pretty what we saw from some of them teams. Okay. So Aria, Allcorn versus prayer view. This was almost my game of the week. Because I think that this game is going to be better than a lot of folks might think because Prairie View look really good against Texas Southern have maybe arguably the game of the HBCU season um, and then of course Alcorn just beat McNeese and I think that they want to come into the SWAC West and be competitive. So I'm picking Alcorn for this game just because of what they did against McNeese and I think that Jarvion Howard is really going to power them to the win but what do you think Ariel?
1: You know these the, if we if we really want to be honest, these two teams are probably the next competition of of whoever will be against Jackson State and whoever will be against like these these teams are starting to make a comeback. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to disagree with you again. I'm looking really bad right now, and I think Prairie View actually might come out with this win over Alcorn. Prairie View to me has been the stronger team all season, and I think they're going to pull something out of their hat. I could be wrong, guys. My disclaimer is I could be wrong this week, but Prairie View has my vote.
0: <laughs> hey, listen, it, it, it's all like th- these are your picks. You were right last week, so I mean, listen, these are these are, are your picks. I just, I just think that it's not that big of a delineation, but I'm, I'm just saying I think all is gonna pull this one out. So division two, are here, So I'm gonna go to you.
1: Yes, on to our infamous D two matchups. I love this. I love this part so so much. We're gonna start with the CIAA, Randall. Bowie versus Saint Augustine. Saint Augustine sounded a little familiar. Um, I think they weren't too bad. But who do you who are you picking?
0: They they, they are bad. Bowie. <laughs> so Saint Augustine is is, is they, they not what they what they they used to be. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, like they they have had better days. So, uh, real quick, Bowie is gonna win this game. They're regaining their stride. I think that they don't really see any resistance until they play uh either Virginia State or Virginia Union. It's really a battle between Virginia State, Virginia Union, and Bowie for who is going to make it to this NCAA championship representing the NCAA North.
1: Well, there you go, guys. There you have it. All right, Elizabeth City versus Shaw Randall. Who do you have? And I think I might be right if you choose Shaw.
0: Yeah, you are going to be right. So Shaw is going to win this game. They they had a rough draw. I mean, you start off against Benedict and Virginia Union, two of the best Division II HVCUs from last season that brought back a lot of the same talent that they had. So I think that Shaw is a better team than what we're seeing. Then of course, they play Bowie. So you play Bowie, who was second in the division behind Virginia Union after Chowan, And then, of course, you have Benedict that is literally the class of the SIUC. So, you know, I just think they had a bad draw to start the season, but I think they do get their first win against Elizabeth City State.
1: I love that. Now we got Virginia State versus Livingstone. Livingstone was actually pretty big in North Carolina. We talked about them all the time. I don't know how they're faring this season, but who do you have?
0: They're not faring well. Virginia State going to win that game. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. If, if, if Virginia State lose, I'll just be wrong, but Virginia State going to win that game. They're looking really nice, riding on a high off of that Norfolk State win. So Virginia State's going to win this
1: game. Listen, we got Jada Byers and Virginia Union. We all know he is the face of this school. There is no Virginia Union. It's just Jada Byers versus whoever they're going to play. And they're playing Fayetteville State this weekend. Who do you have?
0: So I didn't mention this last week, Ario. Jada Byers got injured. So Jada Byers actually didn't. Yeah, he he didn't play last week. Um, But Virginia Union still won. And they rushed for just as much as if Jada Byers was there. You know, so I, I I don't know Jada Byers is, is a talent, but Dr. Parker down there he has a nice scheme. I guess that those linemen are making it happen. So I think Virginia Union, with or without Jada Byers, can contend in this game. But here's the thing: here's the thing. They're playing Fayetteville State. Fayetteville State is searching for a win. They're the defending CIAA champions. If you remember last year, this this was my game of the week. We were doing D2 games of the week. This is my game of the week. And it actually was a really good game that I was tuned into. But if Jada Byers doesn't play, and they did really well last week, but Jada Byers doesn't play, I don't think they beat Fayetteville State because Fayetteville State is itching for a victory. But I think if Jada Byers does play and he's at the very least 90 to 100%, and you still see the productivity of the offense and you have a running back room that's making it happen, I think that that Virginia Union does win. So I'm presuming, all right, I don't want to put an asterisk on this, RL, I don't want to lead you wrong. I'm presuming that Jada Byers is going to play. So if Jada Byers, in fact, does play in a hypothetical example, Virginia Union is going to win a close game.
1: Uh, Shout out to all these injured players. Hopefully you guys make it back. Um, Thank you for dropping the bomb on me, Randall, so much. On to our next game, Winston-Salem State versus Bluefield. Who are you picking?
0: So we were wrong about Bluefield. I led, I led you straight with that one, but Bluefield is really good. Yeah, I, I, I did, but, but Bluefield's really good, though. I mean, they, they, they're coming out the gates strong in the CIAA. Someone pick Bluefield over Winston-Salem State, and we'll just see what happens.
1: I think that's fair. Last but not least, Leakin versus Johnson C. Smith. You know, I have a deep love because most of my coworkers come from Johnson C. Smith, but who do you have? Oh, wow.
0: Shout out to them. Wow. Hey, listen, we we love to see the Madscom greatness, you know, come from HBCUs, especially this school, John C. Smith, and this amazing historic institution in North Carolina. One of the staples, uh, really the staple of HBCU football. So shout out to John C. Smith, but Lincoln's going to win this game. That quarterback's something else. Lincoln's going to win this game easy.
1: Doesn't matter if you're a staple or a staple player, you can lose any time. According to Randall, you can lose any time. On now to the SIC or the SIC. Our first game: Tuskegee versus Lane. We were just talking about them. Who do you got?
0: Okay, I want to just say this re- really quickly. Like outside of Miles losing twenty-one to twenty to UAPB, we were we were correct all the way down on the SIC matchup. So all the games, including Allen versus Kentucky State and Miles versus Albany State, which a lot of my my fellow SIC for not skaters got wrong. So let's go on and do it. So Tuskegee's gonna beat Lane.
1: Oh, there's no explanation. You got- <laughs> we got to go to
0: go. We got to go out and go. So I mean, listen, this going to be lane. easy. That's, that's too easy.
1: Already, Central State versus Allen. Who you got?
0: That might be a sneaky game of the week. Both of them have high-powered offenses. Allen just had a comeback against Kentucky State. Like they, they were down, like, what, 21, 28 points, and they came back. Allen has a prolific passing attack. I think that Allen wins, and they're going to prove that they are now in the upper tier of the SIC.
1: Ooh. All right, Chiwan versus Benedict. Ooh, some good teams. Who we got?
0: So you, you already know, Chawon, you're very familiar with Chawan because Chawan had a scare. They were going to lead the CIAA as a non-HBCU with the HBCU title from the CIAA, C-I-A-A championship. So Chawan is going to get dominated by Benedict College. Benedict has not allowed an offensive touchdown this year. Like, I'm just I'm just saying they're not gonna see competition until they play Miles College or Fort Valley State University. And of course, Fort Valley is gonna play my alma mater on ESPN two for the nation on a Thursday. We don't care about the NFL game. This is the real game. We'll care about the Amazon game. Like the, the the players playing in the Amazon game gonna be watching ESPN two to see Coach Sean Gibbs from North Carolina AT and Coach Chance Berry, the most motivational man in college sports, behind, of course, Deion Sanders. Okay, they're going to be ready to see that game, Mario. So Bendy ain't losing a game until they play either, either Miles College or Fort Valley on ESPN2. So Bend is going to dominate them. Easy.
1: Speaking of Fort Valley, they play Kentucky State this weekend. I know you are an alum, but let's be real. Don't be like me. Who you got? I,
0: I, and <laughs> be honest, Mario, like you, you have a lot of loyalty and faith in your alma mater. And I, I share that same level of faith but I was honest last week, and Edward Waters gave Fort Valley a game. It went down to the wire. It wasn't streamed. I had to listen to the radio broadcast. It went down to the wire. But Fort Valley was able to pick up a win, and the defense really picked it up. Fort Valley's going to win this game. It was a close game last year against Kentucky State. But I just think Fort Valley needs to watch out. I need to get out the gates hot. They need to start really get out there and start pouring on the scoring so they can sort of coast for the rest of the game. And then they try to do a comeback, bring your guys in, put it away, and then you can rest and get ready for the next game because these next couple of games are going to get really competitive because, like I said, Bendy is coming up in a couple of weeks. So they're going to get really competitive. So they need to really coast and, and really find a way to stay healthy and then get these, these teams that are just really better than out of the way.
1: All righty. Edward Waters versus Morehouse. Who you got?
0: Edward Waters. Easy.
1: Oh, Miles versus Clark Atlanta. Shout out to them Panthers. My sisters are Panthers. Who you got?
0: Clark Atlanta 0-3. Miles College is was, was competitive against two SWAT teams. Miles College is going to dominate this game.
1: All Last but not least, Albany State versus Savannah State. Both two that I love and enjoy. Both have alumni in my family. Who you got?
0: I didn't know they you got Albany State alumni in your family. Okay, this was up. Okay, okay. Shout, shout, shout out to the Rams, all right? So listen, Albany State, <laughs> Savannah State. This might be a really great game because Coach Gabe Gardena is not walking through that door. He's at Charleston Southern now. Coach Gray got his first win in the HBCU Newark Classic over Morehouse. So I think they're going to start to really click. But Savannah State, they beat Clark Atlanta this past weekend. They need to pick up a win. This is going to be in Brunswick. It's a classic. So I think that Albany State is going to win this game, but it's going to be a close battle. And it honestly might be another game of the week as well.
1: I love it here. Hey, those are our picks. I, I know you're surprised. A, a lot of my family went to these schools, but we love these schools. I love these picks. I cannot wait to see these games.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So listen, Ariel, that is the show for today. Where can we find you on social media?
1: You can find me on Instagram at underscore underscore dot Marta Day Put me in the hot seat on Twitter at askgreery underscore underscore or visit my website at com.